This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. My favorite moment in this opera, the duet between Arden Scott and Winnie Flato. Um, the old voice teacher sitting at the piano. Uh, this piece is very special to everyone that's in this industry because there's some moment or moments that just relate to your life. And it's a very special piece. It really is. Obviously, as in mezzo-soprano, she was one of my greatest mentors who I never had met in my life. Just the nicest person. I mean, nice is just not such a great word because it's so generic, but she really sincerely is nice, like kind and good and empathetic and so helpful to all the singers on stage. You can tell that she's really wanting the best for us and wanting us to do well and so supportive. I am so thrilled to be welcoming Flicka today and uh, having a little discussion with her. So let's get to it. Um, this is your first time with San Diego Opera. Yes, it is. Now, you have, you have sung in San Diego before, correct? Yes. And in what, in what I regard? I, I you know, I'm at that stage of my life when I'm not sure where I've been. Um, <laughs> <coughs> um, but I think I did a recital in the, the theater. Balboa. Balboa. Aha. Uh-huh. And I think I performed at one point with the the symphony uh-huh. years the sim- ago in, in the symphony hall. Do you in believe, sim- or maybe even our civic theater? I don't remember. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but so, how are you finding your first experience with San Diego Opera? I love it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because you're here yeah. and <laughs> you're here. I went to uh, Butterfly the other night when I first arrived, and I was so impressed. Not just with the singing, which was extraordinary, and the performance, and the orchestra, and the chorus, yeah, yeah. but but I was I was impressed so much with the public because it it was it you know I it was something you, you don't see that much this incredible enthusiasm it was completely sold out um, there were all generations there which I found exciting and I just I. It was just, I felt this is a beloved company. Mm-hmm. This is a really beloved company. And, and I know vaguely what you've been through, but I don't know any of the details. But whatever happened, if it's brought you to this place, it's fantastic. Great. And the, the, as, a, as an artist, being welcomed by you and the, in, the, the family at the Opera House has just been absolutely wonderful. So it's a it's a real gem. It's something to be very proud of. Thank and you. I think you are. Th- we all are, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I will say that is true. I think, you know, as a new leader with the organization, 
we do feel like a family. And I think a lot of companies say that, but I really feel like it's true here. And I feel like the community is so supportive and so energetic yeah. and uh, something that's a real, real asset. Um, so we'll probably be able to welcome you back. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see, right? Yes. yes. So um, you first officially announced your retirement from the stage in 2011, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? In, I think in, so. Yeah, I, yeah. I read that somewhere in, yeah. uh, in Houston. In Houston. In another of Jake's works, right? Yes. Dead Man Walking. Yes. So how's retirement going for you? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, my, my, the, the key to my retirement is... I have a quote, it's say yes to the dress, <laughs> you know, um, just say yes. Um, yes. And I wouldn't have had this fun if I, yeah. when Jake and, and uh, Terrence called me to ask if I would be part of Great Scott, I think it took maybe four breaths mm-hmm. before I said yes. Um, and I don't, I mean, I feel so blessed. It's at this point, in my life and my career, it's a little bit like a birthday present, a Christmas present mm. to be part of it. And, you know, and I get excited by all the young singers and what's happening. And I'm so, so deeply impressed with the, the quality of singing. And I've heard singing now for 45 years, starting at the Met, some pretty darn good singers. You've worked with a few. I've worked with a few. Uh-huh. And I... I just I think the voices are incredible. I think the artistry is extraordinary. Um, so it's I wouldn't probably did be doing this. I might be playing golf somewhere. <laughs> and this is this is fun. It's better than golf. This is better than golf. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good way to spend retirement. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. So I've loved it. So Thank you. good, excellent, excellent. <laughs> so so um, what else? Since that time, what else have you sung recently? Because you've actually been doing other work besides. Uh, Great Scott. Yes, I did a I did a wonderful opera by Ricky Ian Gordon um, called A Coffin in Egypt. Um, my uncle, I have a wonderful uncle Freddie, who I'm sort of named after, and he said, "Are you doing Are you doing that cemetery work again?" <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it was it's it was a wonderful piece about an old older. Well, an old Texas lady mm. um, in the town of Egypt. Mm. And the town of Egypt in Texas is a crossroads. That's about it. But it was very near um, where uh, Horton Foote lived, who wrote the play. Mm. And I played a, a slightly bitter 92-year-old lady who's looking back on her life. And it wasn't that much of a stretch. <laughs> I, loved, I think it's a stretch. Bitter, bitter, it. absolutely. I loved it. It was, it was just fascinating. And I love Texas. We've talked about Texas. Yep. And, yep. I, and I, lo- I just love those live oak trees. Mm. And I, I, love, I, love, I love Texas. Mm. So this was, and this woman actually sort of had the equivalent of a salon in her day, which was very, very unusual. Um, but I did at one point want to contact the family, because it was a true story, and asked if it would be all right to to write a letter to the, the, the granddaughter of the woman whose life story it was. And I got back the message, said, if I saw a heart and foot, I'd blow his head off. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So it wasn't exactly a complimentary story, right. but it was. Um, I guess you got your answer. I there. got my answer. Right, right. So that was fun, and then lots of fundraising for a, a group that I just adore. It's called the YMCO, Young Musicians Choral Orchestra, and it's a youth program through music that takes kids at ten, and through intensive music training, eight-week summer program. Our goal is to get them into university, college, conservatory, and we've had enormous success. Fantastic. So I do a lot of uh, fundraising and work for them and sing with the kids. Now, is that the organization that I was lucky enough to see perform at the Opera America conference? That's right. It's an amazing performance. Uh, yeah. And some of those kids now that we, we were invited to perform at the, the Opera America National conference. National conference. And some of those kids now, we have a girl that just received a full ride at Oberlin. And oh. that's, you know, that's 26000 I mean, $260,000. Amazing. Um, and the, the families cannot earn more than $25,000 a year, so it's, it targets low-income kids. And we've just had this... This woman is the head of it. Her name is Daisy Newman, and she's extraordinary. She was a great soprano, a great favorite of Lenny Bernstein. Um, and she's just put her heart and soul into it. And we've, we've get, we get the kids into college. And Fantastic. That's, well, so that's yeah. a good retirement. That is. Singing yeah, and that is that, a very I, good retirement. I love it. Yeah, I love it. wonderful. Yeah. So uh, Coffin in Egypt, where was that performed? That was performed in Houston, Philadelphia, ah. Los Angeles, and then we just did it in New York. We did a concert version in New York a, a couple of weeks ago um, at the Jazz Center. Oh, nice. Yeah. Interesting. And the, I was the proudest because I went to the Manus College of Music, and they had the Manus Orchestra played for it. Wonderful. So it was kind of like a yeah, lovely, a nice a lovely yes. circle. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Um, so... Uh, Tell us a little bit how um, Great Scott came to you. Can you talk, talk about that Well, a bit? I know Jake very well. Mm -hmm. I knew Jake when he was um, head of kind of communications and mm -hmm. everything and, and publicity at San Francisco Opera because we used to drive around to go to interviews. And Basically what Edward does for us, I think, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah just a labor of love. So we spent hours in, in cars going places and one day he came and he said, I, I write songs and I had no idea. And he played a couple of, he had done arrangements of Irish songs and they were so exquisite. I've never, I mean, I was just like, mm. these are to die, Jake. You have got to show these to everybody. And I was in a production then with Renee Fleming was in it, and a lot of colleagues. So he took his work to all of them. And then Lotfi Mansouri, the head of the company, engaged him to write Dead Man Walking um, with Terence McNally. And the rest is history. He's, that was 15 years ago, it's or amazing. more than that. It's and it's Dead Man Walking. There's probably not a corner of the world where that, the, it isn't in production somehow. It was just this amazing piece. And I think Jake is just, he's kind of like the, um, 
Vesuvius erupting. Mm. In Which this, those of you that will come see Great come Scott, see, you will you'll see. You'll know all about that. <laughs> it's, there was so much talent there mm. and so much gift that it was just a question of when it was going to come out. And he's an extraordinary composer, and he's an extraordinary human being. He's a great man of letters. He's beautifully educated, beautifully self-educated. He's a beautiful human being. Um, there's, he treasures every part of his existence and is grateful for it. And he kind of amazes me because when I, I, I remember sitting at the first rehearsals, orchestra rehearsals of Great Scott and thinking, where did Jake, I mean, <laughs> the, the, everything that, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of comes to be through his music. So Great Scott was, I think, <coughs> conceived as an opera that was going to be for Joyce DiDonato, mm-hmm. who is a dear friend of of his and of Terence's and probably one of the greatest artists of our time. And they put their heads together and Terence and Jake are a pretty magic combination. Mm-hmm. And so it evolved from there. And I, Jake has repaid me so many times for believing in his work that I never expect to be cast in anything or asked. I. I only was a little disappointed I wasn't cast as the whale in Moby Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Only slightly. I forgave him that. Um, And um, so when he called me and said, would you do this part of Winnie Flato, who is the owner of this opera company, um, I, you know, as I told you, yes. (laughs) And I just have treasured every experience, getting to be with beloved Joyce every day, getting to be with Jake, and and now with this extraordinary cast, um, I was saying to David that it's, is it different being with a new cast? And I said, no, it's like being part of the greatest opera that I spent my life in, which was The Marriage of Figaro. It's translated because this is a story of great people great, very real people, very true people, very honest representations of people, and so is The Marriage of Figaro. And it's a thrill for me to see Jake's work translating to sort of, to everyone. Mm. It doesn't just belong to one person. And it's been extraordinary. And this girl, Kate Aldrich, where all our jaws are dropped, she's Amazing. Yeah. It's what you all are just going to love this opera. <laughs> I I can't tell you. You know the biggest complaint that we had of it was that that the public had there were too many laughs. Yeah. <laughs> and but they're real laughs. Mm-hmm. They're touching, and they're it's it's really us. It's it's opera singers. It's yeah. about our world, but as in everything, our world of being opera singers is everybody's world Mm -hmm. because we're just people. Mm -hmm. It does, um, you know, we find ourselves often in opera chuckling in a comedy and maybe smiling, but really laughing out loud is rare. And you really laugh out loud in this. So, I mean, the the jokes really deliver. And then 
you turn around very quickly and you're sort of filled with tears. So right. it's just the emotion turns on a dime, and it's very, I think you hit hit on it clearly when talking about the parallels between this and the Nota de Figaro, because it, both of them do really require real expression of emotion. Yeah. Not artificial in any way, and I think that's why this works so well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As and much as um, Jake had Joyce in mind, clearly he had you in mind with Winnie, because I think it's written for you. It's written for your voice. Oh, and Jake is amazing yeah. in, in doing that, and yeah. every little scene has been like a, a gift, yeah. really, and um, I've loved it. I've loved being part of his operas so much. In many ways, it's been a chance to examine different women in my life. Mm. Um, in Dead Man Walking, it was to examine a mother's relationship to a child when you can't control the circumstances or when you've made choices that are not good for your own children and to 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 be able to look at that mm. in an opera that Three Decembers that one of his pieces I did, I got to see being the retired um, actress, you know, impossible, having been so difficult with her children and and what what made up her story because there's behind everybody there's there's a story mm. and that's that's what's so wonderful about Great Scott is that we're really seeing the story, people's story, mm-hmm. their life story. Mm-hmm. You're, you're on stage a lot in this show. <laughs> you're pretty much the whole first act, except for a, a scene, and then some important moments in the second act, yeah. too. So it's kind of amazing. That well, you're... I get to be you in this opera. Well, that's true. <laughs> she gets to be the person the that runs the company. Manager, right. Which um, I would never in a million years <laughs> be able to even set, open the, the door to the office. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, uh, but it's kind of a big thing for you, I think, right? It's, well, I it's, was surprised. Um, it's, um, there's a, he, he's just given me wonderful And you just things. sound Amazing. I mean, she sounds amazing. Thank, thank yeah, you. and wait till you hear you. her next to Kate Aldrich, who she mentioned, oh. who is a beautiful uh, young mezzo soprano. And so I think the two of you just sound. I was at part of the orchestra rehearsal yesterday, and it's it's really phenomenal. When, when, when you add the orchestra too, yeah. we just add or- orchestra yesterday. I mean, your heart just stops because Jake's gift of orchestration is amazing. Mm. You know, if I. I do believe in him with all my heart, as you can gather. Um, I cannot, I really cannot think of one thing that isn't sort of perfect about him. He's, he's, it's a generosity that we're just so lucky to be part of. And we're lucky to be part of this generation because there are wonderfully talented young composers. And you, as, as a public, are not just more willing to engage in the process of new operas, but eager, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's exciting because I think there are a lot of subjects that we need to deal with Mm -hmm. as dead man walking, Mm -hmm. um, um, that the best way to deal with them is through music. I agree, absolutely. You you mentioned dead man walking. Um, Did Jake write the role specifically for you in Dead Man Walking? He did. Yeah. He, he, had, he had asked me to look at Sister Helen, and, mm-hmm. and I just felt I, that 
I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. it. I wouldn't have been able to handle it. And there are just too many fabulous young singers. Susie Graham was at the top. I said, please, thank you, Jake, so much. And then he asked me to play the mother of one of the victims. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'd love to be the mother of the, of the, the convict because... Also, I, I, I work in a school, I volunteer in a school where they, this is the story of a lot of our families is they're dealing with such daily nightmares of trying to exist mm. with, with poverty at every surrounding them that um, it was wonderful to be able to examine it. But Jake and, and Terrence wrote two incredible scenes. Mm. Just incredible, and they they translate to everybody that does them. They're just amazing scenes. Well, it's you know? a it's a production or a, an, an opera that a title we have not done here yet. Yeah. But Dead Man Walking will be coming here eventually. Yes. So everyone should know that um, Jake is a you know a favored son now in San Diego. So we're we'll glad to bring that here. Well, bless um, you for yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's a very important work. Yeah. yeah. And it's had success now, as you mentioned, everywhere. <laughs> and also, you may know, you know, uh, Opera Parallel in San Francisco did a reduction of it. So right. now there are large productions of it, exactly. small productions yeah. of it. It's being. Yeah. Performed yeah. everywhere, and I think right. people find it incredibly impactful. It is. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness, it's yeah. just amazing. So, yeah. what 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 are some other things you've done with Jake? You mentioned the songs, so you sort of uncovered Jake as a composer. Oh, and you work. I know you've performed a lot of his songs. I right? have. Oh, I've, I mean, they're at the core of my repertoire. The, my favorite thing is um, my daughter Jenny is mm. named after uh, a wonderful Barbara Streisand song called Jenny Rebecca, which is about a little baby who's four days old. So when my daughter Lisa came along, I wanted to have a song written about Lisa, and so I asked Jake, and it turned into a little song cycle of four songs about Lisa, and I wrote the words because I know her. <laughs> um, so that's totally at the core of my repertoire. Then I did um, uh, Anna Madrigal, I did. He did a production of Anna Madrigal with the um, the Gay Men's Chorus. Mm -hmm. Loved that. I did uh, Three Decembers, mm -hmm. which is a wonderful piece about this actress and her life. Um, hundreds of songs. It's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. It's, and I, you know, I go to everything that he does and. It's just extraordinary. You know where he composes. I don't know if he's ever told you this. No. He he can't compose at home. There's just too much going on. But he goes to this garage. Huh. <laughs> it's in San Francisco. And it is the most miserable little space. <laughs> you go through a kind of an old, you know, there's some equipment in this garage. Um, and then in the back, it's all soundproofed because the, the man who... He rents it from as a drummer, huh. and so it's got all this equipment around it, and you can't open a window because it's all soundproofed, and it, it does look out a little garden, and that's where he makes this magic it's happen. Very interesting. If you could see so, it, well, you know, and why, that's that's an interesting thing because you know maybe that's you know shutting himself into there yeah. is how he creates what he creates. I know it's really amazing. It's, it is amazing. Yeah. He also Jake loves. He loves the voice. Yeah. 
Clearly. And you have to love the voice because it's an imperfect instrument yeah. and you really, he does. So and he writes every role for a specific voice. Yeah, so he know? really has something in his ear yeah. when he thinks, conceives yeah. of the role. Um, for those of you that are coming, I hope everyone, you'll see in this opera Jake writing 21st century, his own voice, but of course it's an opera about an opera. Um, so it's an opera about a lost bel canto opera. So it's Jake also writing bel canto, bel canto yeah. you know, it's sort of in the style of Bellini or Donizetti. Um, and I heard Jake speaking at an event, actually, I believe at UCSD earlier this year, um, and was asked about how he found his inspiration. Did he study Donizetti or Bellini? And he actually said, no, he studied Chopin. Did you know this story? No, I didn't know so the story. So he, he said that... When he was, and Jake was a very accomplished pianist, uh, and when he, his piano teacher told him that Chopin was a great admirer of opera and loved Bellini and Donizetti. So when you hear Chopin nocturnes and you hear the right hand do all that beautiful filigree, that it's his, Chopin's way of speaking like Bellini or Donizetti. So it's now Jake speaking like Chopin, <laughs> like Donizetti and Bellini, yes, and great. it's. I think it's. And when you think of that, and you hear, particularly, uh, Kate's uh, Arden Scott's first aria when yes. she comes in and sings that gorgeous aria at the yes. beginning of the first act. Yes. I think, oh, I sort of hear a Chopin nocturne in here, which yeah. is really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's also fun to hear him writing in that style, and uh, there are many moments in the opera that are uh, homage to the things that we love about opera sort of references to um, Rossini at the end of the first act, a reference to De Rosenkavalier in the second act. So that's fun, right? Oh, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. It's, I, it, it astonishes me how he does it and how it's the flow of it, yeah. where it goes yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. So there are a few new members in uh, this production, and there are a few returning members. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing new work, um, so it's premiered, the opera premiered in Dallas in October. Several members of the cast, like Flicka, are returning to San Diego to have the second round of it, and a few of the cast have, um, are new for us here. One of them we mentioned, Kate Aldrich. Um, so what is that like? What has that been like for you to sort of experience a new work that you're brushing off with some familiar faces and then some new faces. Oh, it's always wonderful. I mean, it's for me, it's, as I say, it's just a, it's a party. Mm -hmm. um, and I love, I love the new faces. Mm -hmm. And um, this wonderful gal, Joyce. El Alcori also. El Corey, yeah. who is, there's a fabulous part in this of the Russian soprano. Um, or she's from Uzbekistan, right, or wherever right, she's right. from. <laughs> and with all the caricatures, uh -huh. but going one step beyond caricature to being real and finding out the, the kind of the dearness of it. Um, so this Russian soprano has an aria at the beginning of the second act, which is... The Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> or as she calls it, the Starry Spangled Banner. <laughs> with variations. <laughs> and I mean, you, you, it brings down the house. And it's, you know, 
I can just see Jake and Terrence, you know, having glass a ball. of wine in yes, hand, yes, you know, yeah. having a ball with it. And and it's it it's it's better than caricature. Yep. It's it's real yeah. and it's um so it's that's been terrific fun. Yeah. Um they're they're wonderful sort of the baritone role and the tenor role, um, and they're beautifully, beautifully done by two young artists. Very, very funny. One of them returning from the cast in Dallas, one and one of them new. And one of them new. I that uh, the thrill for me is seeing that it's it it translates to everybody. Yep. You know, and that's that's what you want for a work. You know, I remember when I when Jake and I wrote these songs about my daughter. They're very particular to me because they were stories from her life, but we really concentrated on making it so that it could be anybody's mm-hmm. and anybody that how they feel about their children and 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 that's that's important. Mm-hmm. That's really important. Um, and I love them just as much. That's great. You know, here. Are, are you are you feeling like you're learning anything new about Winnie with this cast that? You didn't that you different from Dallas. A little bit, yeah. a little bit. Um, Winnie's the role that she's the, yeah. Um, learning more about, I think, p- wanting to go farther with the the part of Winnie that feels this incredible affection for Arden. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, both Joyce and and um, this wonderful Kate are about the ages of my daughters and mm. so I there's there is a, a motherly feel and there's also there there's a very specific decision that may take a long time to make when you're an artist of whether how far how long are you going to pursue it if it's not going the way you want it to and for me how long am I going to keep going before it's really embarrassing? Um, you know, so in a way, I, I kind of get to look at that, and there's, there is not a speck of regret or bitterness. It's sort of like, I'll give you an idea. One time I went to a dinner party with Sam Raimi, mm. and Zinka Milanov was mm. still alive. <laughs> And we went to this marvelous, very intimate dinner with some art historians. And they put on Miss Milanoff's recordings at the some point in the evening. And the way she sat, and I'll never forget the way she sat and listened to them. It was not with, gosh, I was great, this was fun. It was like watching her grandchildren. Hmm. And it was the most beautiful sort of... Yes, they were part of me, and they're they're little now, and mm-hmm. they're making their own way, and mm. and that's what I think of a little bit with as I as I'm doing it now. That um, it's it's fighting for something. It's fighting for a company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there is that aspect of it, mm-hmm. and there's the professionalism that comes in, mm-hmm. and it's a different professionalism than regretting that you couldn't sing the high D's. Right. Like that. Yeah. So there's a little bit more of that in it, which it's wonderful. is fun. There, there's a really wonderful moment. So uh, Winnie is um, the run, runs the opera company, American Opera Company is the name of it, uh, that the opera is being produced by. 
um, but was also the teacher, the music teacher of Arden Scott, who is this famous diva who's come home. And they're having a conversation in a rehearsal. The rehearsal has, is, is on a break, so everyone has left the room, and Winnie and Arden are having this conversation. And there's a moment where Arden picks up a jacket, a letterman's jacket, of one of the chorus members, and she realizes that she went to high school with these people. So she's, she's at the summit of her career, but she realizes what would my life be like if I had stayed home, right? Yes. And that's a beautiful scene. Beautiful, yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, and, and Wendy says, what, what, what would it have been if I, and he said, you would have been, turned out like me, yeah. waiting for the Messiah each year, Handel's Messiah. Right, <laughs> not, not the, that one. Not the other one. Yeah, yeah. But so, and that's so Terrence. Yes, exactly, it? yes. That is so Terrence. It's, the, the libretto, so the book of it, yeah. is just brilliant. And yeah. that's it. There's just moments that are so brilliant. I know. And just like that, that uh, are really a moment of real truth, heartfelt truth, that then a punchline comes out of it right. and you laugh. It's yeah. really brilliant. Yeah. Um, but that kind of is what, in my opinion, is the story of Great Scott. It's... A woman who is at the summit of her career has come home and in the context of coming home and seeing people that meant something to her, helping to create where she is, has to confront, is, has, is it worth it? Is my life, right. are, the, are the sacrifices I've made in my life worthwhile? Um, which is universal. That's not about opera. That's universal. But it's within the context of opera. Exactly. And it's yeah. just so beautiful, I you think. You know, it, what's interesting too, it just occurred to me, I know very few senior artists, people who are, have, have retired a long time ago, I really don't know anyone who is bitter or regretful. Mm. It's because our lives are, even with the down times, which a little bit like childbirth you forget, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so lucky and so much fun and mm. such a incredible journey that it would just be nuts to regret any part of it. Yeah, you know? it's wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Very lucky. Very lucky. So um, you've also premiered the works of several other composers. You spent, in addition to, we all know you as Caterino. I think everyone knows Flicka. It's the only role I could really know. Well, but you've also premiered a lot of other works, yeah, right? Yeah. So, Passatieri, Conrad Souza, right? That's uh, right. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about some of those experiences. What, what, what do you, what do you love about new work? Um, well, first of all, having the composer right there is very, very, very exciting, yeah. um, and it's it's less of a collaboration as. In where I was concerned than one would think. It's not like, oh, Jake, can I have a high C there? And no, no, no I can't. It's, you know, you, you put your hands, you put your trust in their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, the part I remember, the, the one I did of Thomas Passatieri was called The Seagull. Mm-hmm. And my greatest memory of it is I had a wonderful grandmother also named Frederica. And um, Tom was so dear, he said, well, let's put Granny in the show somehow. Hmm. So we brought Granny down, and well, we asked her, she, I could tell she was fingering her pearls and saying, well, I don't know, I think I have bridge on Saturday night. And <laughs> I'm not sure if I could. But anyway, she, she came down and was a walk-on in one of the scenes in this 
I Russian love it. Dasha. Love it. And um, opening night, um, my dressing room was knee deep in roses. And not one of them was for me. <laughs> they were all for Granny. And so I do remember that. But I remember just, just loving that production. I loved doing Sousa's Dangerous Liaison. Because I remember seeing that on video. Uh, yeah, it must have been live from, you know, as a PBS production of that, which was just amazing. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a fun piece. And yeah. I'm Catholic educated, Sacred Heart. So for me to play that bad girl was <laughs> so fantastic. Fun. I just loved it. And the end, the last line of the opera that I got to sing was, um, her whole life has fallen apart. Um, and she says, I'm hungry. <laughs> you know? I love it. But it was so that I I love that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been very lucky to and do it's, that. Uh, so if we think about when a new production, even of La Nozza de Figaro, comes to you, versus Jake Heckey saying, "Hey, I'm writing a r- new opera and Winnie Flato," there the the process is different, clearly. Mm-hmm. But w- what are the, compare those a little bit? What do you think about? Uh, I mean, how, what do you love about both? Um, you can't beat, you know the. You know, I mean, your just heart goes. But I would always go with Jake. Yeah. First of all, I think as an American singer, I love singing in English, and not just English, but American. And I think Jake has done a great deal to celebrate our American poets and poetesses, and. It's important to us as, as American artists to, to be a part of that. And I love that. And I love that about Ricky, mm-hmm. um, singing his words, often that he's written himself. Mm-hmm. Is, it means an enormous amount. Um, so it would be probably that choice now. Is it, um, ha- have you been involved in any of the new work? Have you been involved in any of the process along the way, workshops and things like that. Yes, so, yeah. so that's always an interesting thing, to watch it evolve, right? It is wonderful, yeah. and it's very important, because in opera we don't get that chance. Yeah. Um, Great Scott has been, there have been, it's been cut since Dallas. There have been scenes, not scenes, but time has taken, parts of scenes have been taken out to the advantage of the piece. No surgery, just no snips. No surgery, just snips, because yeah. that's what happens when you do a Broadway work or do any work. But in opera, you'd, it's written in stone from that moment, and it's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very generous <clears throat> of Jake to, to want to do it, and of Terrence. And um, it's, it's made it very much better. I think it's much tighter. Much tighter. With just the smallest of cuts. Exactly. It's just, uh, and it is one of the things that uh, those of you that go to the theater, you know, you will even here, you go to La Jolla Playhouse or the Globe, there's a a preview period, right? So (laughs) the rehearsals happen, and then you put it on its feet in front of an audience, and it's in the quote-unquote preview period. And then once it opens is when it gets reviewed. In the opera world, in any opera, including La Noce de Figaro, we rehearse it, 
for a few weeks, and the first night that it's actually up on its feet in front of an audience is when the critics come, which is a lot to ask of any performance, but it's particularly a lot to ask of a new production right. when you're trying to see if things work, right? And so, you know, and that's why if you have reviews of something that seem mixed of the opening, you still have to give it a chance to sort of evolve. Um, and hopefully you have workshops built into the process exactly. of new work. Yeah, and where, they're very important. And yeah. Really wonderful process, yeah. you know. And I think absolutely necessary for the composer. Absolutely, You know, yeah. and even then he's not hearing the orchestra. He's right. hearing just piano, which is different. You but know? you learn a lot about whether those things work, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, when they're really sung through and the timing and the characterization and all of those things. But it also <laughs> makes me very aware of what you do. Because when you are commissioning a new work, you're really commissioning thin air to Absolutely. a certain degree. Yeah. So that takes an enormous amount of expertise of what works, plots, what and you have the and you have the responsibility to your public, Absolutely. which is very viable. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a risky. Everything is risky in the world of opera. Yeah. But uh, it's a risky equation in terms of it's economically as well as artistically because right. you don't know what it is. And a new production of Lulu could be a risky uh, enterprise, maybe artistically to some degree, economically, yes, but you know what it is. Right. And when it's a new piece, brand new, yeah. you're really banking on the combination of the uh, creative team that you know and the subject matter and thinking this is the correct force to put together, go. Go. And yeah. uh, it is it is risky, but it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's very I exciting. I admire it. Yeah. I will fantastic. say that it's it's so beautiful to see this work in Dallas and here in San Diego and see the growth you know, that happens. So um, everyone's going to have a great time. Well, well, and to, to quote the, from the opera, there's a... And, and now she belongs to the world is one of the quotes from the opera that um, Sid says, yeah. the boyfriend. And um, now Great Scott belongs to the world. Absolutely. You know. And we do have several uh, representatives of other companies coming to see it here. So hopefully it's going to have some yeah. legs. So yeah. that's going to guarantee you, you a lot of work over the next <laughs> few years. I'm just saying Winnie no, is her role. Winnie yeah. is... is uh, Replaceable, but, but I'm, <laughs> nonsense, I'm available. Nonsense. I'm nonsense. increasingly available. So tell us what's what's uh, what, what else is up for you in the near future. Well, I'm getting another chance to do three December's, oh, which I'm excellent. so happy about in Hawaii of all places, which ain't ain't bad. Yeah. Um, I'd always I always told Jake I wanted to do one more crack at it. I didn't think I quite got it to where I wanted it. Um, and recitals, Jake and I have a couple of recitals. And Are you doing Three Decembers with Hawaii Opera? Is yes. That, oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Very good. That um, might be something I have to come see because, you know, Hawaii is not too far away. That's so. true. <laughs> right, yeah. It's just a It's just a, it's jump. a plane ride. It's a plane Easy, ride. Right. Easy, yeah. Um, then uh, basically, basically, um, you know, fundraising. Yeah. I, d- I am doing these, a couple of recitals with this wonderful young singer, who I've known since she was 14, 
and she's blind. Her name is Lori Rubin. Mm. She was very, she's very well known in the, in the um, Los Angeles area. Mm. She's just out of this world. And she started this little company for, of children's opera, which she's brought to Los Angeles last year. So I'm doing a couple of recitals with her. And we're trying to put together a program that features, we're about 40 years apart in mm. age, you know, that kind of takes advantage That's of that. That's wonderful. So the, those couple of things here and there, and mainly being nanny for my grandchildren. That's a good thing too, right? Oh, it's the best. That's wonderful. The best. You, you mentioned um, A Coffin in Egypt. That's a chamber opera, correct? Yes. So as many of you know, we've begun the conversation here in San Diego about the differences and the relative merits of grand opera and chamber opera and beginning to produce that. What, do you, what was your experience like performing in a chamber opera? Fantastic. Three Decembers is probably a chamber it opera too, right? It is as well. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic because they're in smaller venues mm -hmm. um, so that there's much greater connection with the public. And um, it's, it's altogether more intimate. Um, the colors are very different mm. with the orchestra. Mm. Um, very, very different. It's a, it's, it's a little bit like being part of a quartet mm. that you get all this the, the overtones, but they're they're different than with it. Transparent with a, in a way, very too. transparent. Yeah. But I think it's the the accessibility that I really loved. And Coffin in Egypt, we did mainly in small halls, um, mm -hmm. and it was. We were like right in front of the public, as, as close as this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's, um, it, I thought, I think it's terrific. And mm -hmm. I think it's, I think you're planning to do it, aren't absolutely. you? Absolutely. To, yeah. to do to use the venues mm -hmm. of San Diego Without to a do doubt. different pieces. Yeah. Um, we've had in the Bay Area terrific success um, with some young companies that have performed in the oddest places. Mm -hmm. One of them being an abandoned train station in Oakland where they did Lulu. Amazing. And it had, they had to put on two performances. Yeah. <coughs> they had to bust the public in because it was such a terrible area. It's all, gra <laughs> it's all graffiti and it's hideous. And it was fantastic. Perfect for Lulu, actually. Perfect yeah. for Lulu. Yeah. And then this, this same company did, um, did a piece in a swimming pool. Ah. I mean, it's... Was that the Orpheus and Eurydice? The Orpheus yeah, and Yeah, Ricky Ian Gordon's, yeah. right? Yes. Is that, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So, um, I think it's... I think you have the right public to do it, yeah. too. And there seem to be so many wonderful venues. Well, in, we have a lot of possibility here, which is... And the Globe? Is, yeah. The Globe? Yeah. Well, the Globe, that's many of you that have heard me talk about that. The Globe yeah. has the most beautiful outdoor theater, and they uh, perform there through mid-September, right. and there still happens to be other times in the year that are nice in San Diego yes. when it's not being used. And so we've talked with Barry Edelstein, who's the artistic director there, about taking some of that time and producing chamber opera that is based on Shakespeare, because it would be perfect. And Fantastic. you know, there's the beautiful setting of Britain's Midsummer Night's Dream, Midsummer Night's which Dream, just yes. is begging to be performed yes. outdoors. Yes. So we're, we're exploring that in yes. San Diego, but there it's good to hear you talk about, as oh, a performer, yeah. the potency of that. Well, I, w I went to see um, something at the Glo I went to see Rain at the Globe. Oh, Yen, you did? And I was just, the theater itself it's amazing, is a dream. Right? The production is yeah. a, it's just wonderful. Um, 
you know, and I know the Balboa. Yeah, um, yeah. So we have many, many, many places here. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, Swimming uh, pools, I'm sure. Exactly. <laughs> we probably could find an abandoned uh, bus depot, bus too. Bus depot. I'm sure there's got to be one somewhere with graffiti, right? Yes. Um, but so as a company and as I've been telling, trying to develop the conversation with potential audiences about that potency that's different, the kind of emotional impact that's different between intimacy and grandeur, both being uh, equally valuable but different, but also as a performer, that's that's evident to you too. Yes. Yeah. And you know the the I mean the magic potion that we have in opera, and why I think it continues at all is, it's the last place where there's no electronic intervention. It's the last place where there's it's voice to ear, mm. and I find that people crave that more and more. Even I love jazz, and so I, a lot of the jazz venues in in Oakland and San Francisco, more and more and more are performing acoustically mm. now. Mm-hmm. People want that connection with an instrument, with a voice, with everything. You know? It's wonderful. Yeah. Did you happen to see Champion in yes. uh, with Opera Parallel? It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Just fantastic piece. So these wonderful are these are piece. all things that we're talking about bringing yeah. to San Diego, and I think we you know we have a heritage here of producing exquisite productions of grand opera which has built a vocabulary of our audiences of really appreciating the expressive nature of the voice. Re- that's what the hallmark of what we've done right. is. And what I'm excited about is building on that and saying we can have the same relationship between audience and singer just in different spaces, right? right. That's equally yes. as expressive and exactly. powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Terrific. And it's wonderful, too, we were talking earlier, that you know voices. Yeah. From the inside. Yeah. That makes an enormous difference. Because singers are, we're an odd group, aren't we? We, we really are. are. We are. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, the best description I can think is one of my greatest friends in the world uh, was Evelyn Lear. Oh. And Evie, uh, Tom, her husband, Tom Stewart, the great baritone, had a very serious operation at one point. And... She told the story that when she was with him in the recovery room, the first he, I mean, he really didn't know if he, if he was going to have a, a, a life of infirmity or if he, how much he was going to live beyond this certain time. The first thing he did was test his voice. <laughs> it was like, mm, ah, he, ah. still there. No, it's still there. Um, that's. That's what that's, a singer is. That's yes. the connection yeah. with with our voices, which is. We've heard all the stories about absurd. those that uh, go into surgery and make sure that the, uh, uh, the anesthesiologist has clearly Doesn't identified, put, yes. yeah, with so so that when they're intubated, so like writing across their forehead in large letters, "I am a singer." Make sure you intubate me with a small tube. Right. I mean, there's all the exactly. craziness that we. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, thank you for saying that, because it is once a singer, always a singer, right? I imagine Winnie in the opera, Winnie was a teacher of music. So that's actually built into your character, too. The reason why she is running the company is because music is inside of her, and it's the way she expresses it now. And she's just going to keep going until the, you know. Maybe you should run an opera company. (laughs) I think you would be great at it. I can just see me looking at the first financial statement and thinking, I don't know. Is it okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always good to have good people yeah. alongside yes. you. So, absolutely. So, um, 
Flicka. How did the name Flicka come about? What, tell us a story about Flicka. Oh, well, um, my grandmother's Frederica. My mother has a brother, Freddie. My father has a brother, Freddie. And um, my dad, uh, ha when he was a little boy, had a pony named Flicka. And with all these Freddies, and my grandmother was Freddie and all the other Freddies, they just, it got too confusing. So I became Flicka. And Flicka in Swedish means little girl. Oh, so nice. I've outgrown that quite a bit. But, well, I don't um, know. It, it's, it stuck, right? But it, it stuck. That's great. When I was at the Met, I was always Freddie with, with all the, uh, especially the stagehands. And if you're at the Metropolitan Opera, the stagehands are your life. Uh -huh. They are your best friends in the world. Uh -huh. um, but then it's, you know, went to Flicka. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's been so wonderful having you here. And thank you. Those of you thank that you have your me. tickets, yeah. we're looking forward to sharing it with you. If you don't have a ticket yet, please take advantage of our offer. Mm -hmm. Spread the word to your friends. You're definitely going to want to see this. It's a beautiful work. As I said, you know, heartfelt, funny. You really will uh, love it. I yeah. guarantee you. And it, really. it, it, is, it tells our story as Americans. Yeah. So, um, it does. It thank does. you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Super Bowl Sunday. Who schedules these things? Her husband says a bright football of mix. Go, Christmas, go, go, go. been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.